a little advice. A little advice. Come on, come on, come on, yeah. Just a little advice. Just a little advice with Christine Little. Check it out. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Little Advice Podcast. The podcast where me, comedian Christine Little, gives advice to one of my guests because I have a BA in psychology and I love self-help, so that qualifies me to give advice to other people. It's only a little advice because I only have a little degree. Do you get how I'm using my last name for the title and stuff? Okay, I wasn't sure you were picking up on that. But I'm so glad you guys are here. This week's episode is really fun. We've got Kyle Clark. And if you've been listening, you know that Kyle usually records the sound. But this time, he's coming from the background into the foreground to lay down what one of his problems is. I didn't mean to rap, but I'm just that talented. So we talk about his issues with posting as a comedian, like posting on social media and how it relates to his self-worth. And we talk about the mean voice in his head that I've named Eric. And you get to hear who LaCroix Johnson is. Hint, it's a really cool person. So please enjoy this episode. And if you haven't already, please rate, subscribe, and comment on iTunes or whatever mechanism you're using to listen to this podcast. And if you do, I'm going to give you a little shout out. What, 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 what? It'll sound something like that. I don't know. I haven't figured it out yet. And also, please join our Little Advice podcast page or group in Facebook. I keep calling it a a page, but I have a Facebook group, a little advice, search it, join it. I'm going to post a link to the podcast page. I still haven't done that yet, but no one reminded me. So that's on you guys. So join. I want to talk to you. I want to hear about your problems and I can give you a little advice from the podcast. What do you think about that? Hmm? But you guys, thank you so much for listening and please enjoy this episode of A Little Advice. Hi, yay! Guess who the guest is today? Well, if you heard the intro, you already know. It's Kyle Clark! Hey! It's so fun to have you from behind the scenes to in front of the scenes. And I am excited to talk to you about what your problem is. Yeah! But first, how are you? I'm all right. How are you doing? I'm fine. I, I woke up with some hives this morning, but other just two. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. Is that like a regular issue? No. I had that earlier this year where like my whole skin got like crazy itchy and insane. And it turns out I was just like using yeah. a super drying soap. But for a while, I thought I was like losing my mind. Ooh, that's ex- well, usually it's an allergy thing if it happens, but I have no idea what it was. I can't be a spider because I check my bed for spiders every night. So I'm not sure. I'm glad that's part of the process. <laughs> I had an incident once. Did you? Yes. I had a big black spider in my bed. Ew. And it was in the sheets with me. I happened to turn around on my way to the bathroom and it crawled from under my sheets Slept on the couch for days. But enough about that. <laughs> so tell me, Kyle, what's your problem? I don't, I don't like that's I mean, where do I even start? <laughs> um, I was trying to figure that out because I feel like it's been interesting kind of listening to everybody on your show talk about things. And I think mine is kind of not like a few that you've covered with like self-worth stuff and how like I'm really bad at A, like putting myself out there for stuff and then B, like believing other people's hype about their stuff instead of thinking everybody else also deals with these like insecurities. Mm. So it like compounds itself. Okay. I like, first of all, I want to say, I like how you broke that down into a and B categories (laughs) that made it easier to digest. And you know what? Uh, Hannah Hogan, whose episode is probably is already going to be out when this comes out, but she had a similar issue with selling her merchandise. I think it goes back to the same thing. Yeah. A hundred percent, which is, um, just, Fear. Yeah. It's just fear. Fear is pretty brutal. It really is. So do you ever promote your I see that you promote your podcast. I do my podcast. Like, but beyond that, like I don't love being on social media. If I didn't have A, my podcast, there are a lot of A's and B's this episode. (laughs) And B, like, that is like how you kind of book stuff is through social like whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram, whatever, like that's I feel like how people hit you up for stuff. Yes. If I didn't have any of that, I'd just be off all of it because I kinda hate it all. What what do you hate about it? Um I don't love the like 
voyeuristically looking at other people's like curated lives. Yeah. I if I'm gonna hear about some crazy thing somebody did, I'd rather hear it like from them the next time I see them. Like I hate that thing where you like start to tell somebody a story and they're like, Oh, I heard about that online. I was like, <laughs> Well then what are we gonna talk about? Because oh. like this was like I love getting like current with people and like just like what you been up to? And so like, is it like it. a fear of not having a good conversation? When you see them in person? I don't know if it's like a fear of a good conversation. It's more just like, I feel like you're missing out on like human interaction yeah. by like having a robot like present to you what your friends are up to. There's something like creepy about that to me. Yeah. I mean, I think you're pretty spot on with having it be a curated version of someone's life people aren't going to put everything out there. I also like to be like present when I'm at a thing. Yeah. Like I always feel like. You know, and you ha- I have friends who who love it, and so you know they're they're gotta stop and get the gram picture, mm-hmm. and I'm always sort of like, but we're just like we're here doing the thing, like let's be present and be right. like in. I'm especially in the last few years really started trying to like get present instead yeah. of like it actually came from being on stage because for the longest time I had a really bad problem about like. I hype myself up all day to like go run this set or do this thing. And then like, while I'm on stage, I'm like not present. And then I've like gotten off stage and I did not enjoy or like live in that moment. I've been thinking about all day that I've been making myself crazy for. Where were you on stage? If you weren't present, I mean, you're just like, Oh, have I hit the time? Have I gotten this line? Right. Have I done Mm. this thing? Instead of just going like, we're having fun. Look, the audience is being silly or I said a fun thing there. I can tell you anytime I go on stage with an agenda, like I'm putting this joke in here or I'm timing it. It's not as fun. It I, I, really is because your mind's not focused. I did on. that like last week. And actually it was kind of fun last week because I hadn't written like a bit I've liked in a while. Mm-hmm. And I came up with something that was like real weird and felt very like Kyle Clark stand up where it's like weird, but it also like there's so much specific to it that it creates kind of a universal experience. And there's almost like a kind of twist in the bit that's fun. And I got so fixated on getting, like, a couple of parts of it, the wording right. But, like, I ended up doing only, like, half the time that I was, like, given to do because I was so fixated on this agenda of doing this one bit right. Right. Do you ever have that bit thing where, like, your bits, you think something's super long and you've convinced yourself a bit is, like, a 10-minute bit and it's never not a four-minute bit? (laughs) It's, like, two minutes. Yeah. On my last record, I have a bit about Taco Bell that for the longest time I thought was, like, a 10-minute bit. And it is a three-minute bit flat every single time. (laughs) So that's kind of funny. It's like a, it's like a story you've told yourself. Yeah. So it sounds like with the social media thing, the story that you've told yourself is, I don't like social media because it makes people not present. And but okay, so going back to the podcast thing, you post about the podcast. So what's your thought process about posting for that versus? Well, I actually I struggled things? with posting about the podcast for maybe the first year of the show, and now it's more one of those things that like I. I'm super proud of the podcast and I like want people to know that exists. It also helps that like Laura Knight, who does our art, like always does these amazing pieces. So I love being able to like show the art, her mm-hmm. art off and stuff like that. There's almost like that thing I have to like trick myself about because like I'm a person who will bend over backwards and like wreck my life to like help someone I care about, but That's will true. like be paralyzed trying to do something for myself. Hmm. You're making real professional faces here. You have good therapist face going. I'm just, I, sorry, my mind's going to different places. I, you, you've done the artist way. No. And so I was thinking about that with blocked creatives. They yeah. often help other people because they're not. One of the many things in that book that broke my brain. Yeah, that, that uh, they're not helping themselves. They're putting that energy into someone else. So with that, po- so with the podcast, you've kind of tricked yourself to say, okay, I'm showcasing someone else's work. It's, I'm yeah. actually proud of this. So are you not proud of other things that you have going on? I would say I'm more self-conscious about seeming narcissistic. What do you what would that look like? What do you who would who do you think is is uh thinking that? I just feel like I know what it's like to be talking to somebody else who's just like telling me how much they're killing it oh. and how much it's just like, "Oh, cool, man." Like and usually I am like happy for them, but it is that thing of like I don't value the stuff I do because, like, by me doing it, it therefore must not be as good. Oh, yeah. You're, and, it's like when you date someone and you don't have self-worth and you're like, uh, if you want to date me, there's something wrong with yeah, you and which, you don't like him anymore. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. So part of posting on social media, it 
it, and this business is our marketing. Mm -hmm. This is what we do to market ourselves. So if you think about it like McDonald's and they're like, we've got over a billion hamburgers sold. Do you think like, oh my God, you guys are such narcissists. I mean, a little. A little? <laughs> <laughs> they're spending lots of money to get that message out in front yeah. of people and curate it. So what is a story that you could tell yourself about what you're... What you're posting. And also, think, another, oh, another part of that is, what do you think you could post? Like, what specifically? And I've been trying to figure that. I've been doing a lot of thinking about that. And I think some of it is that I like my work to speak for itself more than me, the work reflecting me. I know that's not the best way to put that. But, like, I think it comes from... I started into comedy and came from all this stuff from the idea of being like a writer and like writing like prose and stuff like that. And in like the world of like a writer, like your stories are what are good. You know, you as a personality can be interesting and stuff like that, but I feel like no writer should ever like overshadow their work. Right. And I think that even like when there are writers that I like who almost overshadow their work, like a Hunter Thompson or something like that, it's almost kind of a bummer because like you're taking somebody who is, a very talented person and building this cult of personality instead of focusing on like what made them worth focusing on in the first place. So their work, so their personality overshadows the work. Yeah. But with stand up, it's so for me across everything, whether it's like writing or my podcast or my stand up or like my filmmaking or any of the stuff I do. Cause like I am obsessed with like working and making stuff and I mm -hmm. do love people seeing the stuff I make, but I never, I'm always like the reason I make anything is cause I'm trying to like connect with people. Cause I'm like, I don't know, like awkward or uncomfortable and stuff like that in most situations. And, but like by whether it's like writing a story or doing a bit, like everything I do is filtered. The idea of like, I am trying to like connect with another person to like be like, Hey, like I feel this way. Like maybe you feel this way. And now we like connect and neither of us like feel alone. Well, that's interesting because how do you expect to connect with people if they can't find Therein you? Therein lies the conundrum. Well, in your ideal world, how would people, how would your work speak for itself? How would people find you and connect with you? I mean, I guess through like, I mean, that's tough. I mean, I, Ideally, if you didn't have to post anything, would it be like other people posting about yeah, you? Yeah, or like word of mouth or like things kind of covering it or like, because a lot of the things I like that kind of came, this inspiration came from are like, whether it's like bands or writers or like, oh, I dig this thing. And then it, something or somebody was like, oh, if you dig this, have you heard this? Or like, oh, if you know this band, they play a lot with this band. So you might dig them too. And like out of like scenes or worlds or like histories or stuff like that and how it kind of comes out of that. And I don't know, I guess that, I mean, you're I, like, man, you are just really cut to the core of me because I don't know. Yeah. Like, I guess, I think part of my problem creatively is that I am way more into the, like, process of making the thing than, like, the final outcome. Like, I'm one of those real bad creatives who, like, finishes the thing and then just wants to, like, throw it away because I got the part I care about done with. Which is the process. Yeah. So, like, you know, my last record, it took me, like, a year to put it out. Mm -hmm. And I was, like, super proud of it. But I had already gone through the process of writing it. I'd gone through the process of like planning the night for recording it. I went through recording it and doing the thing. I hit all the beats for what I cared about. And so then when it came time to like put it out, I'm just like, it takes a different part of your brain to do that part. It does. And that's the part that I'm bad about. Like, it's almost like, I'm trying to figure out like how to best like articulate it. Man, this is this I mean, is getting some deep cut. It seems this is like it's a it's a bit. This happens for a lot a lot of artists where they like the creative part, but the business part they just totally kind of like yeah. drop the ball and freak out about it. My dream would be like to figure out how to get successful enough that I can like have a team that just like I hand the thing to and then they just go put it out and I can just be like a weird recluse who just like and it's but it's weird because like with comedy I love performing for audiences yeah like I love connecting with like a room full of people or like I love like that's the one thing I do like about Twitter is like people who listen to the podcast can like message and like they're like oh I listen to this thing I like this part like I've made 
friends or made people who come out to see me like for stuff. And that's really exciting. So you are connecting with people through your podcast yeah, and through Twitter. Most definitely. And you're, it's the only reason I have Twitter this one. Cause I don't, my style of humor doesn't lend itself to Twitter super well. Cause I'm definitely kind of a long form guy. Like I don't love a one liner. Like yeah. I don't love like long, crazy stories or like right. weird abstract things. Like I don't have hot takes on modern pop culture, but if you want a 10 minute story about a weird dog, I got you covered. <laughs> weird dog. And like, so I love that stuff, but like on this macro level, I don't really care if somebody like likes or hates what I do. I'd like you to like it, but I'm going to like make it either way. So the fact that like, it's going to either get approved of or not approved of doesn't, factor in a ton to me and i think maybe that comes out of a fear of like rejection as a kid because mm. i've just like never fit in i've always been just because like my size and the way i like look and the way i am and the so things your story I like, is like if i don't put it out there they can't reject me and i don't need it anyway well i guess it's more like i'll throw it out there and it'll like find who it's trying to get to but i don't have like the time or energy to like have to like need you to like it Right. I listen to this other podcast because I'm like a junkie now. Uh, it's called Audrey Helps Actors. It's all about the acting field. And a lot, what she talks about is like a lot of actors like to do the creative part, but then they struggle with the business part and marketing and finding where their niche is, which I study a lot of business stuff. And it's all about finding your niche and finding your audience. Mm -hmm. And I think once you in particular find that, which I think you have to a degree with your podcast and with your Twitter, Twitter following, um, it'll be a lot easier for you mm. to navigate that. Um, let me collect my thoughts here. I think I'm definitely like afraid of like mass audiences too. Like just cause like that lack of nuance that comes with just like, I think this is terrible. Like, well, what do you know about it? I just know it makes me mad. Criticism. I mean, yeah. But, like, if it's somebody who's like, hey, I listen to your thing and it's just, like, I don't dig it. Or, like, this part I didn't enjoy. I'm Like, that's somebody who I'm like, oh, you put the time in. You checked out the thing and we don't see it eye to eye. Like, I respect you because there's plenty of things that, like, are, exist in the world that aren't for me that I don't, like, want so to not exist. So you're saying a couple of things. So one thing is that you don't have the energy to care to put in – to to care about what people say when you put it out. Which is, like, like a self-defense thing. And, yeah. And then the other thing is – I don't want the mass people, some idiot who hasn't really looked at it and just says, I don't like it to, to comment. And it on becomes it. that fear of both like being hated by the masses or being loved by the masses. Cause my general consensus is the masses are bad. Um, yeah. I think collectively as a human race, we're not crushing We're not it. great, but yeah. like individually <laughs> and in small groups, there's some top notch humans out there. Totally. But absolutely. like collectively we don't have a fantastic track record. Okay. Okay. So with, okay, putting yourself out there in terms of your creative work, you don't want to just do it if it's not like, so when you do, I'm, I'm going back to the yeah. podcast again, because when you do it for that, you have a story, uh, you have a specific story for it. It's I'm helping this other person with the graphic stuff and I'm connecting to these people yeah. and we're interacting. So where do you feel like you're um, failing as a comedian in terms of posting? Um, I feel like I don't know where to send or, or put my energy into to find the audience I'm looking for. Okay. So it doesn't sound so much like... Uh a lot of fear. It's a lot of not knowing the next baby step. Yeah. And, okay. it's, and that's, that's, man, this is super helpful. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's a lot of it is like, uh, I am not gunning for, like, I, I, you know, this many years into comedy and this many years in entertainment, I am not gunning for that mass appeal dollar. It's not that I'm against it. It's just not what I'm looking for. And, you know, we have friends who have that, like, I want to be the biggest comedian in the well, world. Well, yeah, even in a business sense, it's all about finding your niche and finding your people. And it's harder, I think, nowadays for a comedian to appeal to everyone when there's so yeah. many subcategories And I like being, like, this kind of artisanal thing where, like, and it's not like I write bits because, like, I, I definitely have, you know, I look at, like, you know, 
convention comedians who I don't look down on, but like who found a niche, but like they're not like I try to do stuff that has a very distinct voice, but also can play anywhere. Like I love mm-hmm. playing in shitty roadhouses. I love playing in, in super specific rooms. Like I love having something that like feels distinct to what I do, but also isn't exclusionary. Like if you, if it plays to you and you like the sound of it, like you are welcome into this group. Like I try so to you're not trying, like you're trying to, you're, you want to be inclusive, but also you don't have an interest in appealing to the masses or the I don't want to compromise my art for mass appeal. Yeah, you don't have to do that. No one's saying you have to do that. Yeah, and I think like I think it's a little less than it was a few years ago as like the business has changed because I feel like when you know when we were first starting there was so much of that like well if you want to succeed you got to do this this and this mm-hmm. like which Hollywood loves like giving you blueprints yeah. for whatever worked last year or like ten years ago. Yeah, and that stuff always seemed gross to me, and especially. Because you're what six, seven years in, something like that. We're kind of saying about uh, nine. Okay, cool. Nine. So we are like right well, in that same yeah, and then window. I got more serious about it. About yeah, I was know, same boat where I'm like ten, seven but seven years, years ago, yeah. eight years ago now is really when I kind of hit yeah. hard on it. And like you remember, like how weird so much of that stuff was because it was the the start or like the cresting of like the cash grabo stuff where it's like you got to figure out how to do this or like you got to figure out. You know, now you got to figure out your Snapchat show. And I was like, I don't mm-hmm. want to do that. They're like, but that's how you'll make the money. And it's like, mm, Okay. So I'm sensing here, too, that you're kind of going all over the place because you're trying I to got like avoid. A lot of thoughts going. You're avoiding talking about something specific. Let's get down to the specifics there we go. Okay. here. I love this. So, <laughs> so what do you think the next baby step for you could be? What do you think you need to do in order to find your tribe? The next thing I would like to figure out how to do, like, in the next few years, because I kind of am in a place where I'm trying to figure some of that out. Like, some of it is figuring out how to, like, tour a little more and be able to, like, hit markets and be in places so that I am out there and be on people's radar. And the people who want to see it can come see it. So that it's no longer like, oh, that's that guy who lives in L.A. And, like, he does a podcast where he puts records out. But I want to be able to, like come to places and be able to like not only meet up with like the people who are already on board, but then be able to through that create more of that. Cause do you, like- do you feel like there's something more that you could be doing online that could enable you to have more of a following? Probably. What do you think that is? I don't know. Like I probably should get better about like promoting dates and doing that kind of stuff. Okay. Um, promoting it's, it's shows. tough. Being a comic out of L.A. because I feel a little weirder about like promoting shows in L.A. because it just feels like such an empty gesture. You know, you're when you're promoting shows in L.A. I'm gonna go let you guys into a little secret here that I'm not super proud of, but whatever. When you're promoting shows in L.A., you're not promoting it uh, specifically to get people to come. That's a bonus if they do. Yeah. Um, but you're promoting it to show to keep yourself in the eyes of other people, yeah. bookers, and show them that you're working. And that's the part of that I think is weird and gross. Why is that weird and gross? Because it's I don't know. It just feels like. Let me ask you this. Yeah. We uh, got to know each other a little better when we went to a festival. Yeah. And uh, Atlanta, right? Yeah. Do you think we'd be doing this podcast right now if we hadn't really seen each other there? Um. Oh no. No, we wouldn't. And that's because I was in your mind. I was in your radar. Well, yeah. Yes. And to me, that's like a different thing, I guess. Why is that? Like seeing somebody at a thing or like interacting with them. Because we had like known each other off and on just at mics and shows Mm -hmm. and shit like that. But like that, you have like this opportunity to like interact with somebody. Right. And like I always think it's funny, like especially like L.A., how many comics who are also from LA at festivals you meet halfway across the goddamn oh, yeah. country and like, Oh, we're friends now coming back mm-hmm. in like that trip. Like you and Sam Hale were both. And I think, uh, oh, I love her and, and, uh, Valerie Tossi, all three mm-hmm. like comics. I'm like, you've got literally like, all three yeah. of you are from LA. Yeah. You're all hilarious. How have I not met? Like I, I had known you, the other two I'd never met before. And I was and like, how have I festival ju- came about because you submitted to it. Yeah. And because you saw postings online about it. Yeah. So there's almost like this thing where you're saying like, I want to be seen and noticed, but I don't want to put myself out there to do it. Yeah, that's the one. And then if someone does it, then it's gross. So of course you're not. I don't like the do ones it. where it's like, hey, like everybody on Facebook, all these ten shows I'm at across this thing, like just feels. 
I feel like that has a different tone to it. What do you? What, is there a posting that you've seen where someone's promoting their stuff well, and what I they're mean, doing just, that doesn't I mean, feel? I mean, that's such an LA thing. Is the like, here's a random picture of me, and then a bunch of white text of I, like all I, the shows. I, I have do next that, week. so yeah. yes, I, I understand. <laughs> I just never understand the f- like because in my mind, I naively think like, oh, they have enough of a fan base that is friends with them on Facebook that they must. The, they there is so much call for this that they've got to get it out there. <laughs> okay. So, but why, but if you thought that was true, why would it seem gross that they were posting that? That part didn't seem gross to me. That's what's, the part that makes the, me feel bad. It's when I was saying that to somebody like, oh, they seem like they're working. And somebody was literally like, no, they're just showing that to show you how many things so they have. You, so it's, okay. So sometimes when you see people post stuff, you're like, wow, they're doing really well. Other times you say, look, they're gross for putting themselves out there. seems like you have a lot of uh, ambivalence. Like you want to do, like you have really clashing thoughts about posting. Hmm. And that's keeping you in a really stuck place. Yeah. So let's get to a place for you where you have a story for yourself and about doing this that makes you feel good about posting. I would say, because that's interesting, I think you make a, man, this is, I'm getting a lot of little advice here today. (laughs) I would say for me, because I have been trying to think about this, trying to figure out what to do with it, because I know I have to figure out something for it. I think... What I'm going to have to long-term figure out is a way to present that information that feels authentic to what ding, I ding, do. Ding, ding. And uh, like everything I do, that just I feel like all I'm just going to say, I need to figure out a way to make this easy thing difficult. Well, okay. <laughs> no, it doesn't need to be like that, but I really love what you're saying yeah, about being authentic. Like, you're not the guy that posts a picture of yourself yeah, with the text. That's if I can not real figure like, something fun and interesting aesthetic-wise. Like what? Like... I know a girl. Do you know a girl named Laura Knight? I'm familiar with her work. Yeah. She seems like she's all right online. She seems like she could help um, you with some like, posting. Here's stuff. like a, a, a fun example because I was just talking about this. The guy who uh, is doing the uh, cover for my next album, uh, Jay Gonzo, he's an artist out of Phoenix. And we were he started doing like stand-up posters for shows. And he was like, mm-hmm. oh, we should do like a poster for the show. Mm-hmm. Like and I have like a concept for this next album cover. It's going to be like me being very casual, like walking around on fire. <laughs> uh, and uh, so he threw out the idea of like, oh, it'd be fun to like do the poster, f- like promoting the show as you like walking somewhere casually like, with a can of gasoline. Mm. And I was like, oh, I love that because it's like it kind of fits. It's like it's kind of dark. It's like kind of funny. I mean, like like this is this is why I'm like bad at promotion because like I need to like update some headshot stuff. Which I already feel so self-conscious about to begin yeah. with. Like a few. It years- seems like you've got a lot. Of- okay, so for stuff like that, I really love where your head's at. I love how creative that is, especially for a, an album recording or a poster. But also, there are little things that you have interest in that you can post about that doesn't have to be this big grand thing in order to give you permission to share your life. Interesting. Please right? expand. Like, what do you like to do? Uh, I mean wallow in fear uh, okay are you comfortable sharing uh, that with people no definitely not um <laughs> i well like i was gonna say like i am fascinated with this idea of doing like a set of like promotional photos where i'm dead like okay kyle i'm noticing a theme here you're on fire yeah, you're it's, dead it's been a time it's, it, there's a <laughs> level of like morbidness to it that like I, mostly, I guess it's because it's like it's the opposite of everybody's like I'm made up and I'm looking great, and here's mm. me like looking fun, and I just think it'd be like oh here's me like bleeding from the mouth on like a gravel road, like it's just like an interesting variation. It's like my snarky version of it, right? And and I mean, it also comes from like I love like horror movies, okay. and I love like kind of like sensationalist like and like like punk rocky stuff. So I kind of like like art that's a little bit more. That kind of like Gen X, like we're doing a promotion for something, but it's like promotion is dumb. So here's like a fun version of it. It's like a kid's, like a cool kid's yeah, way of promotion. Yeah, like, so it's like yeah. this is stupid, yeah. but here it is. Also, it's out there too. Yeah, you, I mean, the exactly. Yes, that's a hundred percent. It's the '90s MTV aesthetic. You know what? That's that is a that is sort of a baby step to get it out there. Maybe you'll get to a point where you. Are like okay, fuck it. This is this is what needs to come out. This is what it is. What do you think about doing posts about horror films? Having a screenshot of a film, a movie you just watched, and like writing a little blurb about it since you like writing so much. See, but I don't love writing like criticism stuff. You don't have to criticize or, or it. like 
you have a show called This Is Rad. You could write yeah. what, what, what's radical about it. And it, well, it's, it's, I guess I'm more like, like nonfiction stuff has never been my jam. Like when I say criticism, I mean like, I think this is bad, but like the think piece about entertainment stuff, I've tried kind of playing that direction a few years ago and it's just, it's never felt super comfortable. Like, you know, like I would love to figure out a version of that to me. Like that's what this is rad became is kind of the reason I love doing that show is that it is kind of this perfect version of that for me. Like that's, I think one of the reasons I'm able to like promote this is rad as much as I do more than any of the other stuff I do is because I feel like it's such a like calling card of like, Hey, like if you are interested, like this is a perfect place to like check in and get a sense of like the vibe. Like this is, I'm going to talk about the stuff. It seems like it's a really authentic medium for you. It is. It is. It's long. Like our show is, is pretty regularly two and a half, three hours long as you uh, discovered doing it, you know, and, and I love being able to stretch out like that. I love being able to like get dig into like the nuances, like my thing with, hot take Twitter stuff is like, I feel like it's so like disposable and there's no room for like nuance to it. You're the closest I've come. I feel like here's a baby step. Uh-huh. I've been talking with a handful of like listeners on our show and like, I've been trying to you know see if more people jump on and off it. But you know, the people who, who bite, you know, man at Kyle Clark is rad. If you feel like chatting, I will talk back. It's the one thing I do on it. But like I have a couple listeners and we're all watching castle rock. That okay. uh, show on Hulu that's like based on all the Stephen King stuff. Oh, okay. And it is awful. Oh. Uh, and it's been interesting to like, I thought I was crazy because I'm just like, I'm a huge Stephen King fan. It's like Jay Abrams' team. I loved Lost. Everything about this going in, I should love. And I think it's one of the worst TV shows I've ever Aww. seen. Everything about it fundamentally fails. And I've been talking back and forth with other people who are big Stephen King fans who like listen to our show and like, you know, have heard me kind of talk about it. And we're just kind of been going back and forth. And like, I don't love that it's me, like, because I'm not trying to be, like, snarky about it. I'm like, no, oh, they did this part wrong, because I always feel like that reeks of... It kind of comes... It seems like you're coming from a place of curiosity about it. It's yeah. like, all these elements were in line, but it's not working I am fundamentally reason. trying to understand, like, why I, why I not only don't like it, but, like, don't like it to the level I don't mm. like it. And kind of going back and forth, like, because I had somebody who was like, oh, my folks are watching it. I'm a big fan of Stephen King, so I was like, I don't want to be, like, snarky or watching it or too much, so I'm like hearing them talk about it and like we're going back and back. they're like oh, I think I'm going to dive in now and I was like cool like let me know what you think about like X, Y, and Z because like these things bugged me if you're like a fan like this like let me know if there are things that trigger you and it's not even like it's more just like is this what it is that's bugged me about it it's like there's almost like a science to it right and you know what? Even if it if it were the other way, I think that would be okay too. Yeah. I mean, you're not a or bad even if they dig it, person. I genuinely want to know like why do you like what's right. what is what is what is hitting it for you that I'm missing? Like because I I love having those kind of conversations with people. Okay, so it sounds like you do have a medium to where you can promote and connect with people in a way that feels comfortable to yeah. you. Do you? Is there any other element to, find, to, okay. to posting or social media that you feel like you want to take advantage of more? Because it sounds like you're like, okay, I'm happy in this lane. If you don't want to expand, if you don't want to do that and you found your tribe, mm-hmm. I don't think you have There's, to do that. There is. And it's a thing I've been kind of like working on getting figured out. Because I've, I've been doing a lot of just like circling the wagons and figuring out like the next push forward. Like with the, I, I just bought the plane tickets for Atlanta because I'm doing my next record in December. Oh, cool. Where are you recording? At the Star Bar. Ah. It's like one of the first places I ever like proper headlines. Is that the 1 a.m. show place? Uh, oh, no, no. Star Bar is the one the where night. they smoke cigarettes in yeah, there. Yeah, that's okay, the one. Yeah, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a rough, crazy room. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's fun room. one of my favorite spots. Great room. And, uh, uh, I'm super excited to record there and stuff like that. And, but I'm definitely like nervous cause it's just like, you know, you have none of the like ch- goodwill charm of like album number one, like here we go. And I, I've really finagled like two albums worth of that. Cause like my first like 30 minute cassette tape had a little bit of that, but it, I was such a, it was not, I'm super proud of it, but I was such a different person then. And it was most of me like learning how to make a long set. Cause when you're like an LA comic, you can't go out on the road. Oh, yeah. And I wanted to learn how to make a long form thing. So with this, are, is this, so this is album number two or three, depending on and how you, you want to figure out a way to like promote it and stuff like that. And, and, but it doesn't have that. Like it's my first record. Now I'm just like a guy who makes records. You know, it's that oh my sophomore. Gosh. Kyle, thing. I'm going to give you an overall generalization about things that I've noticed. Please. About you. Mm-hmm. It 
seems like you are always looking for the, uh, I don't want to sound negative when I say this, but you're looking for the why not instead yeah, of the 100%. how. Right? No one... No one's thinking about that. <laughs> no one gets, even if you said this show sucks, no one's thinking Kyle's a bad person. Yeah. You and I, I just live my whole life and have for basically my whole adult life, assuming everyone thinks I'm a so, bad yeah, person so at let's, all times. So let's, fix, so let's get to that. Let's get to the root of that. What, first, and we could start with the tour. When is, or the, um, the show, when is the recording? Uh, December 3rd. December 3rd. So you've got time. Yeah. So, uh, in between that time, you need to figure out your poster art and your marketing strategy to Mm -hmm. get people out there. Right. Yeah. Do you think you're going to have problems posting about that when it's time? No, I don't think so. Because it has, it's connected to something specific. Yes. Okay. But in general, you don't like posting about everyday things or things. I would say like when it's specific things that I can like point to, like those are more, those are easier to so promote. what if so what if you were booked on a show in LA and would you promote that depends on what it is I mean yeah. I try to like I will always like if somebody tags me in a show I'm on I will always like retweet what it is like and or you know post something like oh yeah no I'm, I'm doing the thing and like I'm on the thing I you know it's, you know still get self-conscious sometimes because you know sometimes I'm like on a show and it's like oh I'm like working on a bit like and so you're like you're gonna watch me like like not necessarily like kill and crush on this show, but you're going to hear like three new tags, like a bit I've been working on for two years, you know, especially like now okay. with the record. And, and I just, uh, again, very like self-conscious about that kind of yeah. stuff. Where it's just yeah. Like, there's like a lot of self-consciousness. I mean, it's why I think I turn around records so often is cause like, I hate the idea of doing bits for too long. Cause I'm um, the idea that like people have heard it. Yeah. Yeah, that's tough. That's some, I think that's something that a lot of comedians go through is just like feeling self-conscious about having the same jokes. For I will say, I think it's made me a better comic in some yeah. ways because I feel like it does light a fire under me to write more stuff or to like figure out new angles on things. And I think that like it's one of my handful of neuroses that I actually think like worked out in a good way because I do think that like I'm pretty good at turning stuff over. I'm pretty, pretty good at like letting a bit go and not feeling like my bits are like define me and stuff right. like that. Because I feel like one of the biggest growth things I've had between like my last record and this record is really that last record was such a def- defining thing of like who I am as a comic, like what I do, what my point of view is, you know, going from the cassette to that was such a, like, this is me. Mm-hmm. And then this one has been interesting. Cause it's like, all right, well I made my thesis statement about like who, like, like my last record is literally called I'm a person. Cause mm-hmm. it's such a like statement of who I am. Like it's one of those things I'm very comfortable if somebody's trying to understand like what I'm all about. I can slide them that record and you're just go like, give this a listen. And this is the guy you're dealing with. Cause it's silly and stupid and fun and smart and sad and dumb all at the same time in a way that I'm like really proud of. And this one is like, all right, well you've told everyone who you are. Now you have to like keep going. <laughs> And I think that, like, you know, whether you're looking at bands or writers or comedians, like, that second one is always tough because it's like, well, I've been prepping for so long to make a thesis statement. Now what do I do for the rest of it? And, you know, it took looking at guys like, you know, I know it's so, like, lame to be like Carlin, but, like, it was so helpful to me how not married to stuff he is. he, He just keeps moving. And they are snapshots of where he is as an artist at that time. Right. And it's kind of changed the way I look at art in general, because now when I look at like writers or musicians or comedians or filmmakers that I like, like it's so much more interesting to think about like what they made as like who they were at mm. that time, instead of thinking like this was their masterpiece or like this one I didn't love work. That. Yeah, that's so true. And it's such an interesting and to me more interesting like way to look at art is yeah. that it's a snapshot of that. And once I had that in mind, I'm like, okay, like where have I been for these like last two years? And like the next record is going to be called Absolute Terror, and it's. <laughs> all about my like neuroses and fear but it gave like because i like kind of like i spend the first year kind of just trying to figure out new bits because like you know how there's nothing worse than that moment where you're just like i need new shit i can't lean on any of the old stuff i'm gonna die Mm -hmm. because you feel like an open micer again like you like the number of times where like you walk on stage with like something new and you're like eating shit and you just want to dive into something you know is gonna kill but like you can't and you just want to yell at the audience i swear i'm good at this yeah i i try to just sandwich things in i i did have a bad set recently where i started with new material and i for and i didn't realize that's why it was a bad set till I was explaining 
to someone like how bad of a set it was. And I was like, oh, I opened with stuff that I'm not even sure how to say yet. And it just ruined the momentum for the entire set. Yeah. So, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Now let's bring it back again. Uh, yes. So um, I, have a, I have a baby step homework for okay, you. Okay, I love this. So what I'm noticing is there's a lot of why this is like, it's almost like you're having an argument with someone. Mm-hmm. I, I, and I know this because I can relate to it. It's like, oh, I want to do a second record and then, or another record and someone's coming in in your head and is like, you can't do that. The, it doesn't have the appeal of the first record. And can they're I make like, a confession? Explain. Yeah. I've given that voice a name. What's his name, Eric? <laughs> uh, man, this is going to be a long-winded explanation, but I'll keep it short. Uh, I call that guy George Stark. There's a Stephen King book where there's about a writer who had a pen name, and then the pen name comes to life and starts killing people. It's, uh, it's called The Dark Half. It's a lot of fun. The movie's pretty good. Uh, <laughs> and in that, like George Stark is the pen name that's like ruining his life that he created. And so whether it's my like issues with addiction I or my like, issues with symbolic. self-worth, like, I call all that stuff George Stark. It's all the voice stuff in my brain. I don't think I've said that on a podcast, so Ooh, I, I, I might feel so have honored. I guess I just heard this guy so loudly arguing with you he is and i think that that movie about that guy coming to life and killing everything in that guy's life is very telling because when you have that voice in your life he's like killing things before you even start it yeah and sometimes he's preventing you from even doing anything because he's so loud so your homework is it's a baby step it's not to post anything or anything like that because you're i think you're already doing this stuff it just seems like you've got a lot on your plate and a lot going on in there and let's make it a little bit happier okay so let's have a new voice mm. maybe his name is eric i don't know why is there you got an eric on the brain <laughs> I, you heard like. me say that the first time <laughs> <laughs> you only said it out loud into a microphone <laughs> i didn't think you heard me sometimes i think i'm invisible oh i'm always listening <laughs> Just because I talk too much doesn't mean I also don't Eric, listen too much. Eric, or whoever, whoever's a nice person, <laughs> LaCroix Johnson. <laughs> LaCroix Johnson is his name. And LaCroix hypes you up. Mm-hmm. And LaCroix, so for every mean thing that George... George Stark. His name is Eric. Yeah. Everything... <laughs> <laughs> do you have an evil Eric in your life? See, evil Eric. I don't know. Do I know any Erics? If I know you and your name is Eric, you get out of my life. No. So, so for everything that evil George says to you, you need to have LaCroix Johnson say three things against that one thing. Yeah. I mean, that's going to be hard to do all the time. So if you can have a time of day. Do you do any journaling? I do. I do my morning pages. Oh, I see you. Okay. So in the morning, that's a really good time because we're like getting all getting all of our, our crap out of our oh, minds yeah. and stuff like that. So when you see George on the page saying like, I can't do this because of this and this and this, LaCroix can jump in and just and say, but this is why you can do it. And this is this is the reason. This is how. Can I give you an uh, inflated sense of like legitimacy towards your own uh, therapy? Yeah, uh, things. sure. Here, I'm reaching into my bag. Ooh, is it a gun? Notebook. Uh, oh man, that'd be what a crazy <laughs> ending to this story. <laughs> oh, what a no twist! Uh, this is my uh, cognitive behavioral therapy worksheet from therapy oh, that literally yes. does exactly what you're talking. You about. know what's so funny about this is that <laughs> I referenced this in Hannah's podcast. Oh, really? It's from a, a book. God. Sophia had it when I talked about it on the podcast. I can't remember it, but I'm going to put it One in my Amazon C- affiliate site. Oh, yeah. Those uh, but it, CBT like books are about pretty ha- good. Yeah. Uh, cognitive behavioral therapy. So this is a little different than having an actual person, but the way this works is you have a situation. I, I assure you my therapist knows all about George. Oh, he's, oh <laughs> he or she does? Yeah. She? She does. Yeah. So situation, uh, the, the cognitive behavioral therapy works with you. You have a situation, say... Um, I'm fat. No one likes me. Emotions. I feel sad. I feel rejected. I feel lonely. And then we have these things called ants or automatic thoughts, automatic negative thoughts. And then those spiral into lots of other things like no one will like me. I'll be alone forever. I'm going to die. And then what is a rational response to those automatic thoughts? So a more balanced view would be I'm uh, I have gained a couple pounds, but I also eat healthy and 
I do have a boyfriend or whatever it is. Yeah. I'm explaining this to people who don't, who aren't familiar with the That's CBT or, or whatever. So, uh, yeah. So another next step to you could be to have another person since you have another person. So, uh, clear in your mind, George, to have an, uh, someone who can, um, combat every one negative thing that George says with three other Interesting. positive okay. things. I can work on that. And what we do is we look for evidence of our reality. Yeah. So if your reality is um, people who post are narcissistic, then you're going to see that more. Well, one of the things I find that I struggle with that's been a new project is I've been trying to like, because like getting my mental health to like a better place in the last year has been like, like, it has been like thing number one. Like it's almost overshadowed comedy like for the first time in forever as like the number one kind of focus thing because i was like okay if i don't fix this it's gonna fuck this up in the long run Mm -hmm. i don't remember if we swear on the show or not yeah Uh, we do uh, (laughs) i gave up on that episode one (laughs) but uh i have been like working on one of the things i found that that will send george really full-on rolling is like i tend to like uh isolate when i get depressed and like pull away from people and Mm. pull away from stuff. And like, I am definitely like an extrovert at heart because I definitely get energy out of spending time with people. Yes. Uh, You know, and so a big thing I've had to start doing is like spending more time with people. I like, I think it's like one of the like low key selfish reasons that I like, like working on this show (laughs) is because it gets me out of my house. I get to spend time with a person whose company I enjoy and like listen to people connect and feel like I'm a part of a thing. And, you know, I try to do more and more of that. I've definitely found that, like, I can track, like, a one-to-one, like, when I'm, like, spiraling and it's all falling Mm -hmm. apart and I'm having these meltdowns versus, like, when I'm not actively trying to engage and interact with other people. Yeah. You're taking the focus off yourself. And also be, you know, pay attention to who you're hanging around. You know, yeah, there's that thing of like, you're, you're the sum of the five people that you're around the most. Toxic personalities are exactly. a real brutal thing. And it seeps in. So if you, you know, concentrate on being around more positive people, that helps. And also this is something that we all struggle with. The stories that we tell ourselves, like the negative stuff. I, I told a story about to myself that I was annoying you by doing this podcast so much so that I was like, I'm not going to bother him anymore. And I Aww. didn't even realize that I was, that I believed a story that I had told myself. I'm like, wait, do we have any evidence of this? Is this true? And that's something that you can do too. Yeah. So even if you can't get someone to hype you up because that's like kind of a form of, a, of an affirmation and we're like, come on, this isn't working. If you could even just neutralize it and say, is this true? Is this a fact? Is, do I have hard evidence to support this? Yeah. And nine times out of 10, you're not going to have it. You know, your, your mind reading a lot, which is another one of those automatic negative thoughts or, or cognitive distortions yeah. rather. So just even being able to catch that is a, is a, is another good baby step. It's just seeing when that pops up. Now we're about at 45 minutes, 45 in. minutes. Oh, okay, good. So, um, what did you, what did you take away from I feel this? Like we've what, got a lot of good work done. Yeah. Here today. Well, what, what specifically I think it's kind of reinforcing me having to like really monitor like cognitive distortion stuff and that sense of just like taking, acknowledging your emotional reaction, but then like putting logic or putting, you know, even, even with, with LaCroix Johnson, you know, <laughs> arguing those points you've decided as fact with any other information that might, you know, be contrary to that, that you are not initially thinking of, but when you, you know, stop and think about it becomes clear as well. You know, looking at the larger picture of the thing instead of fixating on the problematic area. And so I think that like, I do need to like learn how to focus more on that. And I think that that's like a really good thing in my journaling to like, when I watch that stuff start to get a little heavier, definitely try to like think it through a little bit more. Uh, and I think that I definitely need to continue to explore how to approach self-promotion and like the social media legs of that in a way that I can, that I like find reflects me instead of feeling like I need to do something that like fits the mold of what other people do. Here's a fun way to do that too is um, look and see if there's people, because I doubt everyone that promotes you think is gross. So look at people that you find. It's never a judgment to me on them. It's more like me thinking I couldn't do that myself. Oh, okay. Well, that's a totally different thing. But look at, so look at people that you do admire, respect, and 
and see the way they're posting mm-hmm. and just kind of take, make a, a note, make a list of those things that you, that would yeah, f- feel I, good for you. That's definitely a thing I'm trying to like figure out is like, are there people out there who like do promotional stuff that I think is cool? Cause like, okay. cause even if I like, you know, again, most of the, like I have like a ton of people in my head who I can think of who like do their posts. And again, if any realistic, none of it is me thinking that you are a gross person. It is more me just going like, I just don't know that I could do that for myself and without feeling ridiculous. You know what, Kyle, once you start doing that too, once you start posting and being a regular thing, cause I secret, I struggled with that for a very, very long time. But you're so good at it. You know why? Because I, I, I worked on it and it was ter- It's terrifying. Someone said to me the other day, Oh, you naturally like to post things. I'm like, no, I don't. This is something I had to really, really work on doing. I still struggle with, you know, critiquing every post and how does this make me look or no one cares or like all the mean stuff that comes up. But the thing is, the more that you do it, a couple things are going to happen. The more you're going to get, you're going to get booked on shows more, right? And you're going to be building up your fan base and you're going to get desensitized to it. So it's not going to be a thing. And then you'll have something new to worry about. Okay. Like selling merchandise. (laughs) (laughs) So let's grab it. So don't worry about not having anything to stress over. You will find something to stress over if that makes you feel good. But this is this is something, it's a muscle to be worked, just like getting on stage, just like doing an open mic. You're in the open mic portion of posting. Okay. And I can guarantee you that once you start doing that on a regular basis, and you're going to find positive results. And you look for those positive results. Maybe you'll get someone saying something negative every now and then, but okay. I mean... God, well, look at my Laugh Factory video if you want to feel better about that. <laughs> we'll have to do a follow up and we'll see if we can I would figure love out that. some social media yeah. stuff. Maybe we'll we'll you know keep keep posted on that. Hmm. Maybe I should just okay, post me twerking when I get gas. More there you after. go. That was an impromptu thing, and it was fun. That was great, though. It's and you super know what fun. was you know what's easier it makes it easier for me to post too if I'm with my friends. Yeah, it makes it like about 90% easier to post because yeah. we're all doing it. We're helping each other and it's, it doesn't feel as, as icky. So post with friends, um, take a screenshot of a movie that you like or a show that you like, just put it on your Instagram and say, I like this show. This show is rad. <laughs> Hashtag rad Kyle things or something like that. That's all it needs to be. And you okay. can open up a discussion about it. And then you, uh, since you do like discussing things with people, you 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 have an opportunity to engage and, and build that uh, connection to your following. Yeah, right. So, and I, I'm struggling with that too. With the 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 this podcast, I made a Facebook group, and I'm like, now what do I do with it? <laughs> but I know that eventually, I think hopefully, it's every Facebook I'll get group through it. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you'll get through it. Okay, you definitely will. So, homework: do one post of a horror mil- film you like. All right, I can do that. Um. Talk about uh, listen to Lacroix Johnson. Okay, those are your two LaCroix things. Johnson. Lacroix Johnson. Lacroix Johnson. Three ne- three positives to one negative. Okay. Okay. Um, so, was there anything else I wanted to tell you? I think that's it for this portion of a little advice. <laughs> well, thank you. Yeah, my pleasure. We'll check back in in a minute here. Let's check back in in a minute. Yeah. And I'm going to ask you some questions. Love it. And and we're, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm, used, I'm used to hitting record on my own setup. Oh my god, I forgot whose podcast. Kyle about. just started hosting the Little Advice podcast, the Little Kyle podcast <laughs> spinoff. So we're back. I don't usually put transitions here, so it just sounds like jumping. I usually put a little music. Do thing you? In. I haven't been doing that. I forgot to do that in my last one. That uh, I. Uh, just a random like rights-free iTunes or Apple I, Music thing I found. I have to tell you about all the trouble I'm having editing. Like I stayed up hours last night editing the last podcast, and it's still not done. But that's another <laughs> thing. Um, okay, so I'm going to ask you a couple questions about your creative process Yay. to get inside that head. And the first thing I want to start with you about, though, and I think this would be helpful for you as well, is um, think of a time that you feel like you've had a, a good success in your life. I don't know if that's redundant, but a successful point in your life. Sure. You, you got a, a role or you did some major yeah. accomplishment. Can you um, remember a mindset shift that you had before that accomplishment? Um, I'll use like a fun example of one. Oh. Uh, the 
first season of Hidden America with Jonah Ray, mm-hmm. uh, which was a sketch show that was hidden, pretending to be a travel show. Uh-huh. It was on on the late CISO. It's now on VRV. If anybody wants to see it, uh, it I was a actual like a writer's assistant and a writer on the second season. The first season they brought me in because they had finished, and like I came in to help like punch up a bunch of stuff because cool. a bunch of people had had to go on to other jobs, and he knew I was around and. That was like a real amazing moment because it was the first time I got to be in like a writer's room for like a fancy thing that I didn't like create myself and like got to come in for. And I think that like the mindset shift, like give me your wording on that again because I want to make sure. Mindset shift before an accomplishment. I think that it was me realizing actually it was the same time I was doing the record. So it was all kind of the same run of Oh, that's great. Where it was, we literally wrapped writing and then the next day I did my record so it was kind of both at the same time it was having you know I used to be such a complainer about like oh why can't I get this or I wish I'd do you know the same way actors are with roles or comedians are with shows like it was that thing of like I just wish I could have and like all of a sudden you're like given the opportunity and instead of it going into like ah now I've like got it like it my mindset became all right this is the thing I have wanted all this time it is time to like put up or shut up mm. like and i need to like do a good job but not like aggressively like nah, i'm going to get my thing in but like i need to be like a prof- like i need to act like a professional writer if i'm being put in a position where i get to be a professional writer i have to act like one i have to be have pitches i have to like work hard i've got to put the time in i've got to like do the work that is required of it so was the shift more of like a okay it's time to really get to work and yes. hunker down whereas before you were like when I think of things, I write them down. Yeah. And it's like, oh, you know, this would be fun or this would be an idea or like, oh, like, you know, and, and it really, I think the biggest thing that changed and it went even more the second season was learning to not be precious with like your writing. Oh, go on about that. Like where it's like, okay, like I wrote, you know, especially with stand up, you're like, oh, I really like this joke. So I'm going to keep pushing this thing that never plays because <laughs> I like it, like kind of thing. And this thing, like, whether something does good or does bad, it doesn't really matter because the second you pitch it and it's in the script, you have to pitch again. Like the next line now goes. You know, we were doing like line by line rewrites where like because we couldn't change locations or props or actors or sets, but we could change every line of dialogue still. Mm-hmm. And it becomes this insane puzzle of like, is this is this line the funniest, clearest, most efficient way you can say this? All right, that line we've spent 20 minutes on next line of dialogue or like stage direction. Is this like the clearest way you can do all this stuff? And that was such a great way to learn because I'm such a like with my personal writing stuff up to that point was so like it's got to feel the right way and it's got to mm-hmm. do this and this. And I feel like I really did learn to just like just, you know, get it on the page and get then the and, and, down. and if you and but also like be putting together good stuff. So, and really it taught me how to be like collaborative in a lot of ways where it's like if somebody else has got the better line, you can't be like the competitive person who's like, well, actually, I think it should be this. Like if somebody has the great line, it's like, cool, we can move to you the next line for the right greater now. good. Yeah. And, and that's it, a huge thing. It also sounds like, too, you're coming from more of a, an abundance mentality versus a scarcity mentality. Because yeah. I, I think sometimes when we're so precious about our, our words, our jokes, our projects, it's because we think we or relationships. We're like, well, I don't know if I'll get another one. The best you jokes, know? tags and stories I've ever had in anything I've ever worked on were like done out of desperation. That's like we're like we don't have time. This is a thing that has to happen. Like in the moment, your brain blurts something out, and it's like, and the number of things I have that are like some of the best things I've ever like written or best jokes I've ever had just flew out that way. Well, let's talk about your creative process now. This is a natural segue. Okay. How do you? What do you do for your writing process? Are do you sit down and write at a computer? Do you write on stage? Like. Say I'm like, Kyle, I need you to write five minutes right now. Like, what, what would your process be for that? For, I think I'll go specifically stand-up. Yes, there's a little, go stand-up. There's little variations for like writing or, or any other things. For stand-up, a lot of it is me. It starts with me f- kind of free writing about... Free. Or, or actually, even before that, it's... it's I try. Sorry. <laughs> I'm glad we got that. Out. I felt that I'm like she wants to do it. We got to do I this. I had to. I'm sorry. Uh, it's all good. It was worth it. It was um, for me. I run around with a notebook, or I have my phone. Uh, normally, I like the notebook because I have a little bit more of an analog brain. I think a little bit like just <laughs> writing shit down uh, stays in my head a little better. 
like if I'm at something and something funny happens or something weird pops in my head or like the worst is like when I'm like out at dinner with someone and I say something funny in our conversation and it's not usually not like a funny line it's like a dumb idea and mm. I'm just like that's dumb I'm sorry I have to write this down excuse me you please. know the number of times you're like we're at a family dinner and like I've said something preposterous or something silly has happened I'm like all right I gotta pull you gotta not be present out. which also kind of leads back to the, yeah, the social media sure thing does. the people that are gramming their food maybe they're like I'm sorry this is just so beautiful I have to take the time to oh sure humanize them <laughs> But, but if I said, hey, Kyle, I need you to write five minutes on clowns, you would sit down and you would free write for five minutes like, on clowns. What is weird about clowns? Back to that, like, did you ever read the comedy Bible, the Judy Carter book? Yeah, a long time ago. Yeah, like, she had that thing about, like, the, the what's weird, what's good, what's bad about a thing. Like, oh, that's for, cool. For me, it's ideally my favorite version and if I could ever just like be a person who pays a person to just walk around and have loose conversations with me all day I feel like that's the best way I find angles on oh, stuff oh you mean like a friend yeah that's the one <laughs> uh, problem is when you have a bunch of friends who are comedians I feel like it's a little harder to do that because like it feels like it's like we need to keep this a DMZ like this has got to stay neutral here but like mm-hmm. I have a handful of friends who like I'll be sitting with and like if it's clowns like you know the weird thing about clowns is that like you know you don't know who's like married to a clown like there's clown wives out there I knew a kid in, in junior high whose parents were missionary clowns. That's awesome. Yeah, they only had sex missionary style. <laughs> I'm just kidding. They were they were legit missionaries. I had a friend, and he and I realized that at one point we were both in love with girls who were clowns professionally. And that was like really? a weird thing at like 3 a.m. in Las Vegas to realize we both loved clowns. Uh, that'd be, uh, hmm, I have so many questions. Right? Like, how did that come up? Uh, that's a good question. I don't remember. Like, I how- feel like you guys were at Circus Circus, and both one of you was like, "Hey, you know, I, you want to check out Circus?" Circus? I, I want to say one of us was talking about. Like, it was like, man, I'm like, I gotta tell you, like, the, the funniest thing about, like, this girl I dig, like, is her job. She's a clown. And the other person was just like, what? That's crazy. Like, That's and then, so and hot. then we had to, you have to stop and do the thing of, like, are we in love with the same clown? And then when there's two clowns, it's somehow weirder. <laughs> you guys should have went on two clown and double yeah, dates. Yeah, it was a fascinating thing. So, I mean, so, like, see, exploring that right there, like, to me, that's, like, the ground. That is, of, that was, you funny. went from clowns yeah. to, like, it's, it's kind of the, the shitty improv mindset of just, like, what's the first thing your mind goes to and then just expand on that with more do you think it's easier to do it talking versus writing uh sometimes for me yes and no i think both i think both are super useful i love to get the bones written down you know like a couple of two or three lines you know like like clown clown wives significant others like dating a clown Clown wives that sounds like Like, a reality show because i also love like for me one of the big things with stand-up is like titling the bit Cause like once I have like a one or a two word title for whatever the bit is in my head, cause like I write my set list on my hands cause I have a terrible memory and I will oh, like blank yeah. out. And my favorite is like when I know that the set is like really tight is when it is five psychotic words written on my hand. <laughs> like what? Like right now, like the, like the, what absolute terror is going to be the, the code words are dog tumors, puppet museum. Uh, what are the other ones I have? Right? Like true crime, like, Oh, what are some of the other ones going right now? Oh, I have one that's just called Cartoon Octopus. Like, they're just like, and I know what that means. They're, oh, the best wow. was, my last album has my favorite one of all time. The opening to the record is this whole bit about me trying to get the audience to just bail on the show with me. And I used to open shows with that. Like, my sets would always be like, we can do the jokes, but, and they're like, they're great. Or, but. Do people ever leave? Uh, people have definitely, like, gotten real stoked on it. I don't mean, like, I have them leave up. Like, it's, it's a trick because I'm basically sucking them in, going, like, hey, I mean, this is all good, but, like, we're friends. So let's just go do this other thing instead. Because everyone always wants that. I feel like everyone wants, oh like, a God. cool other person to, like, take them to a different location <laughs> to hang out for the real exclusive party. <laughs> that the is- first version of that bit I had. I had a whole bit about how we go back to my house because it's all about how I bought like a really nice NASA foam mattress and we should all just snuggle yeah. on my mattress. There's only like 30, 40 of us because it's a show in LA, so there's not a lot of people there. <laughs> and I used to the, tag it with like, and I'll just hand out boxes of Triscuits. And that bit never played. But <laughs> in my head, that bit has been called Triscuits. So I, <laughs> a month into doing that bit, cut that line because it wasn't very funny. <laughs> 
but it's what in my mind it was anchored to. So I would literally in my head just write Triscuits on my hand. And then at some point, maybe a year in, I realized, I'm like, I haven't done that tag since the first month of this bit. And it is firmly just for just no reason called work. Triscuits in my head. I do that for years sometimes. I'll be like, why am I still saying this tag? And then I realize, oh, because you don't remember what you're going to say next. Mm-hmm. And you're just in the rhythm of Nothing saying Nothing better it. than rhythm segues. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I So I, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I don't always like to write just the words because I'm like, I don't want to miss a tag. Oh, yeah. I'm afraid of missing tags. That's why uh, I freak out sometimes where like if I don't super specific wording on a bit is terrifying to me sometimes because like oh, yeah. you've got to get it to float right. Like I have a thing I'm playing with right now where like. Oh, oh, hold on. I think my, I think my next guest here is they're FaceTiming me. Hold on. Let me they're open FaceTiming. They're FaceTiming me. You guys are so invasive. Are you here? Yeah. I'm so excited. All right. I'm good. Oh, it doesn't work. Oh, okay. (laughs) Well, I'm going to keep this on the podcast. Okay. I'm going to wrap this up and I'll be right out. I love you guys. (laughs) So the next podcast guests are here. They sure are. Oh, wow. Okay. So we'll wrap this up so I can let them in. Indeed. It's good. We'll stop it here. I feel like this will not be the last time a guest will cancel. So anytime you need an emergency guest, we'll just. Oh, I absolutely will. You're going to be my main project. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please rate, subscribe. Kyle, tell them where they can find you on social media that Uh, you won't post on. At Kyle Clark is rad on Twitter and Instagram. And then my podcast is This Is Rad Podcast. And uh, my album is called I'm a Person. It's on all the places you can get digital music. And I've been on that podcast. So listen to my episode. Thank you guys so much for tuning in. I love you. Share. Bye.